0: talk about NICU awareness. I do want to put a little disclaimer out there, probably should have do this prior to, but Steph can edit this out and make it before and after in the middle. <laughs> uh, we are going to be talking about uh, health-related issues and prematurity births. Um, it can be very traumatizing for some. I know for me, I've been through it. It was still traumatizing to watch shows or hear shows for a very long time, and it's still a little bit difficult for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just a little little disclaimer for you guys um, I am going to go into detail about my daughter, about her birth, uh, about her NICU stay, and uh, share some other stories of things that I saw, heard in the NICU, and some statistics. So, full disclaimer. Buckle up. For that hello my loves welcome back to our podcast as you're well aware we're the babbling sisters i'm nelly
1: and i'm steph
0: and today, we're going to talk about NICU awareness. I do want to put a little disclaimer out there. Probably should have do this prior to, but Steph can edit this out and make it before and after in the middle. <laughs> um, we are going to be talking about uh, health-related issues and prematurity births. Um, it can be very traumatizing for some I know for me, I've been through it, it was still traumatizing to watch shows or hear shows for a very long time and it's still a little bit difficult for me as well. Um, so just a little little disclaimer for you guys, um, I am going to go into detail about my daughter, about her birth, uh, about her NICU stay and uh, share some other stories of things that I've saw, heard in the NICU and some statistics. So. Buckle up. (laughs) It's going to be a ride. And I'm going to try not to cry.
1: (laughs) It's going to be hard.
0: (laughs) So, um, thing I really, really have to say, before I had Sky, I I heard, we all hear about premature birth, right? Yep. It's not talked about Mm -mm. how it should be talked about. Um, they say you're never fully prepared but I could have been better prepared you
1: could have, at least, you. You could have at least had some more information um, I,
0: I, I don't know if I could have had enough information no 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 um, and of course
1: every situation is different so it's
0: right but even just about the NICU itself um, what I will say is I did not realize how sick babies are, um, whether born early or even at gestation, uh, full term, I I did not realize how sick these babies could be. I did not realize how chaotic the NICU could be um, and how emotional and bonding it could be. Um, There there were a lot of things I I did not know. And honestly, maybe if I had more of the information, I never would have been fully prepared to see and hear what I did. But I think just knowing um, a little bit more about uh, how small these babies are uh, that are in the NICU, uh, because I did not know that was possible. You know, I I think when the majority of us picture babies in the NICU, we're picturing newborns that are sick. Right, right. No, (laughs) we... We need to change the narrative and really start talking a little bit more in depth about the reality um, and what families go through that are in the NICU. Because forbid that ever happened to someone you know or you. Um, I think it's best for us to all kind of have a sense of awareness to how to navigate.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: because we definitely got thrown in to the fire. For sure. So, with that said, a little background story. As you guys have heard me talk about my daughter, she is a micro preemie. A micro preemie is defined as a baby that is born before 26 weeks and or below 2 pounds. So, even if they are 32 weeks and 1.5 pounds, they're considered a micro, micro preemie. Preemie. So... There are micropremies <clears throat> and then there are, are premies. Premature babies are babies born between 26 weeks to 37 okay. weeks. Any baby born before 37 weeks is um, early term. Just so you guys know and understand. Um, before I get into some details about my journey with my micro preemie, um and all the amazingness that she is. Uh, I'm also going to share a couple of things that I brought down here with me to give you guys an idea um, while I'm traveling through the journey and the story with you guys of what it really looks like. So, first let me say, I did not also realize, um, call me sheltered or whatever, but I didn't realize how many premature births there were. And again, I think it goes to It's not really talked about, right? Um, People don't like discussing sick children, and I totally get that. I understand that. Um, It's very difficult and very hard for a lot of people, and even along my journey, there were a lot of my friends who could not come into the hospital to see Skye um, and were petrified of even seeing pictures of her, so... You really have to understand that it's very difficult for some people. Mm -hmm. Um, We are going to share some photos of Skye while she was in the NICU. So forewarning, if it is difficult for you to see a baby with breathing tubes and breathing assistance and things like that, don't look at the photos. Um, But just know that she is amazing and has exceeded all odds, Uh, truly blessed. A little miracle that she is so I'm going to be looking at my phone to make sure I get these numbers right don't judge me I can't have everything in my brain guys <laughs> amazing okay um so one in every 10 infants born in the United States are a preterm labor that's a lot ten. that is a lot that's a lot um the preterm birth rate has risen four percent since
1: 2021 4% um, since 4%. 2021 that's crazy well in
0: 2021 so oh, 2022
1: yeah yeah but still that's a big yeah. jump for even a two I, year.
0: I honestly big. think uh, COVID played a part in that mm, it's um, very
1: possible it could be skewing the numbers slightly yeah
0: yeah, I, I really do um because you're, you're talking about adding stress, adding yeah. sickness, um, and that's it's very difficult. I couldn't imagine going through what I went through during COVID.
1: Oh, man, that would be a lot. My
0: heart goes out to all of the families that have had to navigate the NICU during COVID. I don't think I would have survived as great as I did uh, during that. I I just don't. It's a very secluded time um to begin with. To
1: begin with, absolutely. I mean I know I didn't show up that much because I was petrified with my kids and germs and I was like I am not gonna be the one to give this one (laughs) any germs. Like so like we like we were trying to time it to make sure nobody had any sniffles or anything. Like it was rough, man. It's
0: hard. It's hard, and also, you know, I had to understand that coming into the hospital to see a sick child is even harder, especially the state that she was in. Um, but you, you guys were there night w- number one, you know. So it's not like you weren't there for me. No, you know oh no,
1: I, I yeah, no, yeah. I just like mean physically, I wasn't there as often as I wanted to be.
0: Right, right, and I get that. I, I get it because, again, you don't want to be sick. Um, you know, and it was pre-COVID. Right. But these babies are sick enough. And you're like, the fuck if I'm going to be to blame to give them a cold on top of it because it could be catastrophic. Yeah.
1: Please,
0: please um, so, yeah. So racial and ethnic differences and preterm birthing rates remain the same. Okay. Um, African-American women are more acceptable to uh, preterm birth which they are at 14.8 percent which is about 50 percent higher than Hispanic woman that's high and what I what I will say um, and one thing that was said to me while I was laying on the uh, delivery bed and the delivery ward being told that I was gonna get willed down to have a C-section at 24 weeks. um, All of the nurses said, we really believe you're gonna be okay. We just want you to know that this is the best case scenario because your daughter is mixed. She's considered African-American. African-American females statistically do the best and are the strongest in the NICU. Hmm. Did not know that. Interesting. Yeah. Did not know that. Um, so they were being very motivational at that point in time. We'll get further into the story in a second. But um, yeah. So it says I keep stretching developing babies go through... A developing baby goes through important growth throughout pregnancy, including the final months and weeks. The final months and weeks are the most important mm-hmm. for development. Um, lungs are not developed until 36 weeks.
1: Yeah, That's very late. They're like one of the last things.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, that was something that was very, very uh, scary to go through. But... Um, they say babies that are born too early, especially 32 weeks, especially before 32 weeks, have a higher rate of death and disability. Preterm birth and low birth weight accounted for about 16% of infant deaths before one year of age. Babies who survive may have breathing problems, feeding difficulties, cerebral palsy, development delays, vision and hearing issues. Um, 15 million babies are born premature annually worldwide. Wow. 15 million. That's crazy. And that's, we're talking about 37 weeks and before. Right. Um, global preterm birth rate is about 11%. But what? 12% of the 3.6 million babies born in the U.S. are born preterm. 517,000 babies in the U.S. are born preterm. Not sure. Where that breakdown comes, the 12% of 3.6 million babies born in the U.S. are born preterm, and then 517,000 is what it says below it. So not really sure where they're breaking that down, Um, but sure. I don't know. The U.S. preterm birth rate is the worst in the world, by the way. Shocker. Oh, but we're the greatest. Anyway, I digress. We're not here for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Skye was born at 24 weeks and four days. Um, she weighed a pound, three ounces, and was... We didn't get to measure her until later, but we're guessing she was around 10 and a half, 11 inches. Um, She was very tiny. Very tiny. Um, She did not have eyelashes. She did not have fingernails yet. Uh, She was rather Mm see-through in the very beginning. Uh, You could see all of her blood vessels and some of her organs. Uh, Her skin was very paper thin. Uh, So we had to be very careful with touching her. Um, And I actually did not hold her until she was five days old. Which in itself was um, amazing and a miracle because a lot of parents go weeks and months Mm -hmm. without being able to hold their baby. Um, So I think it was around 18 weeks when I started having issues. We do not know uh, the reason why I went into early labor. There was no preeclampsia. There was no um, tearing of the uterus or placenta. Um, I honestly think I have an incompetent cervix, but they won't diagnose that until multiple times. I don't want to try again. And <laughs> I do that.
1: don't, don't want to risk that again. <laughs> That's <good. What's... laughs>
0: um, So at 18 weeks, i went in for a routine ultrasound to check her growth and uh, they found that my cervix was thinning and tunneling Uh, all i heard was my cervix is opening which it was um so they sent me up to my ob and you know she's like what do you understand from what's going on and i was like it's opening and it shouldn't be that's when i just started bawling crying So she explained to me um, exactly what was happening and they were going to do a cerclage, which is essentially stitching my cervix closed. So the opening of the cervix, they stitch it closed um, to help it not open prematurely, um, to assist with keeping it closed long enough to be able to carry her. And my doctor was fairly confident that that would help and did not put me on bed rest, did not feel that I... She just told me to take it easy and to listen to my body Um, and did warn me that she feels like I would get at least one more big scare before I gave birth. Um, That big scare came a few weeks later. Yep. About five weeks later. So at 23 weeks, um, I started spotting. And well, I think it was like 22 and
1: a half. Yeah, it was around 22.
0: Yeah, I started spotting, went into, um, I called my doctor, told her, because I ended up losing my mucus plug. Um, And the blood was pretty red. It wasn't gushing or anything, um, but it wasn't normal. And I knew that, and I was like, whoa, what's happening here? I was having a lot of lower back pain Um, But I ignored it for a little bit, and I'm glad I didn't ignore it for a long time. Uh, One thing I will say is, ladies uh, and even men, please make sure that, you know, the woman in your lives or you yourself are paying attention to your body because it is literally life or death Mm -hmm. in that situation. Um, And I thankfully only put it off for a couple of hours. I was like, ugh, because I always had lower back pain. Um, But it was cramping and it got really intense. And then that with the spotting, I was like, uh, no.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So I was like, we're going to the emergency room. I called the doctor on the way and she's like, you should come in. I said, I'm already on my way, three o'clock in the morning, zooming down the highway. Mm -hmm. Cause I just knew something wasn't right. So I get there and they bring me up to the labor and delivery floor. And that's where they bring all the women which is very traumatic in itself here, people, because if something goes horribly wrong, you're amongst women who are happy and boasting and full on labor and having their beautiful, healthy little babies all around you, traumatizing in itself. So if this ever, forbid, happens to you, please understand that that is something you're gonna have to mentally endure. Um, I wasn't prepared for that, let me tell you. so we get up there, they check me, cervix is closed, the stitches look good, there's no tension on the stitches, there's no active bleeding. They were gonna send me home. And um, the doctor comes in and she's just talking to me and she's like, you know, this, she's like, maybe the, the stitches got a little bit tight, You know, just try to lay down a little more. And I was like, yeah, no, I took a photo of the blood that I wiped, yeah. and whatever I was explaining to her. And thankfully, my brain, because I'm so used to having to prove, prove it. shit. Yep. Right. Uh. <laughs> and thankfully I did, because that doctor looked at the photo, and she goes, oh no, you're not going home. Just by the photo itself. And when I tell you it wasn't an immense amount of blood, right. but the color of the blood, Um, And my symptoms made her say, nope, nope, fuck that. And thankfully, she had me admitted. uh, Because if I would have been sent home, my story would have ended a lot more tragic. Um, So I was in there, uh, it was right around 23 weeks that, I think it might have been like 23 and three days. Now, they told me, be prepared to stay in here until you give birth, or you're full term, and give birth, either way, you're here until you have her. Yeah. And I was like, damn, about to live in a hospital, because in my mind, right, I'm in the hospital, I have the stitches, I'm on bed rest now, I'm going to 40 weeks,
1: Yeah.
0: right? So I have a long time to be in this hospital. Mm. I was like, all right, I'm gonna take a couple of days, I'm gonna start working remotely. Let me hit up my my work and tell them, like, hey, this is what's happening. I'm in the hospital. Work remote because I was already working remote from home because I was having lower back pain. So, 23 weeks come, and now every day they're coming in and checking the baby. Got her on the monitor. She's sounding great. No stress tests and ultrasounds and this and that. They always tell you if you ever see a change in discharge, let them know. So... I um, went into the bathroom, peed, and then I went to stand up and just more pee, What I thought more pee came up. And I was like, what is that? I'm like, is that blood? So I reached down, feel, not blood, just liquid. And I was like, okay, it's not stopping. So I tell the nurse, like, I don't know if my water just broke, but like, I thought I was peeing, but I had already peed and it's it's still coming out. It's yeah. trickling out. So she's like, all right. She's like, let's lay down. We'll get the doctor, we'll check you. So they come in, they check me. They're like, your service looks great, um, but this is definitely your water. Your water yeah. has broke. And I was like, well, that's not good nope. because my mind, <clears throat> water breaks, baby's coming, right. right? So they're like, don't worry we can still you know work to keep her in the water actually rebuilds itself over time so long as like this everything isn't broken the sack hasn't broke like she's not cut, right so i was like okay well that's good news right?" right so they're like let's keep an eye on everything so um they had sent me down for an ultrasound and they're like yeah there's not really that much fluid but it's okay she's still moving around she was doing her little flips in there (laughs) Uh, very comfortable still Uh, so they were like you know we're just going to keep monitoring Uh, they did an amniocentesis girl I wasn't prepared if you do not absolutely do not need to have one don't do it Do not do it. It is, I don't care if they say it's optional. This is going to be great for, don't do it. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, if you guys can look it up, if you don't know what the hell it is, don't do it. So, I went to the bathroom, probably, now this is three days after, Um, I was having contractions. Uh, they were giving me medicine medication to stop the contractions Um, i was having more contractions than i realized because i'm so good with pain tolerance number one um the cramping in my back were actually contractions Contractions, at the house did not realize um but they were catching them on the monitor and they're like are you having a contraction and i'm like No, I don't feel anything. And they're like, oh, you're having a big one. (laughs) (laughs) That's weird. Okay. And um, I think it was like three days after my water broke. No. No, no, no. It was a week. A week after. Because that was the day before I ended up going for the emergency C-section. I had wiped. And it was literal shit coming out of my vagina. And I was like, like, guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the doctor so nicely put it as mucosum, which is baby shit, okay? Yeah. Um, and the, the doctor looked at me, I said, you said to get, tell you if there's a change in discharge, I'm thinking dried up blood and whatever, you know? Yeah. Pieces of my cervix, uterus falling out, I don't know. That's what I'm thinking um and it was on my pad so i had taken off the pad and i had changed and i showed the doctor like hey my discharge has changed and she's like what and i was like yeah and she goes did you poop and i was like no i pooped yesterday i haven't pooped today and she was like are you sure you didn't wipe your behind and not your vagina. <laughs> very confused, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting there I'm looking at her like bitch, I think I know my <laughs> vagina from my ass. I'm thirty five years old. The fuck? Confused now. <laughs> so she's like, stay right here. Like they had just around, stay right here. I'm gonna go get everybody. So they all come back in the room. They're all looking. They're all asking the same question. And the doctor was like, We'll be back and I was like Oh fuck. Great. Yeah. So what the fuck? What's what's happening, right? So she comes back in and she goes, um, so, you know, we've talked and, you know, this is mucosum and I was like, I don't know that and she goes, it's, uh, it's poop from the baby. And I was like, little bitch used me as a toilet. She's shitting out my vagina. How is this possible? Because when they poop and peep, they're not even supposed to poop in there yet, right? I don't understand. And it all goes in the fluid. Apparently their amniotic sac is filled with their own piss, hair people. That's why it keeps rebuilding. Just so you understand the logistics of the funness of being pregnant. So I was like, she used me as a toilet. She shit through my vagina. I have never shitted through my own vagina, and I'm very baffled at this. Like I was still very confused. And I was like, this? She used me as a toilet? Like <laughs> in my mind? So she's like. You know, how you feeling? This, that. We're going to check. We're going to check her. Let's put her on the monitor. Um, And she seemed fine. She was doing okay. Um, But they had sent me to labor and delivery to start um, potassium and something else. I forget what it was. Uh, Magnesium. Did you ever have to do magnesium, Drip? Nope. Girl when i tell you the heat that comes over your body i was sweating i was sweating from the inside out it was um if you guys have ever had a cat scan that warmth that goes through your body it was that intensified okay sounds Um, like a hot flash blew it in you oh yeah but it was just it was like pulsating radiating and you just felt Horrendous. You felt dizzy, like nauseous. You just, it, it didn't feel like you were yourself. Okay. Um, prior to that day, I had received a steroid injection in my ass, by the way, very painful. Um, but they had to give me two shots to help Skye's lungs before I gave birth. Um, uh, the kicker with that is you could only get it that once, um, and they try to time it to get it done within 24 hours by the time they're born. Otherwise it's not effective. It doesn't last. Um, it's very short term when they're about to come. Yeah. But you have to get the two shots in. So when I tell you that the timing was perfection of my medical team, um, because I got that last dose in the night before I had her, uh, which I truly believe contributed to her being as amazing as she is. So, anyway, get wheeled in. They send me back. They're like, all right, you know, everything looks good. Contraction stopped. That very next day, I started having the worst contractions. Now, mind you, I've been contracting in full on labor the entire week, okay? Uh, but that day was the worst it was the worst contractions i had ever had um where i was screaming and this is how you knew it was it was too late um, her father was at work and they're like hey can you call him and tell him to come back they didn't want to alert me right just yet that i was going to have to have a c-section immediately um, but they told me that, you know, we think that she's probably going to come later today. Uh, so we want to talk about this whatever. Mind you, this is in the morning. It's probably like 10 a.m. at this point. So I'm like, all right, they're talking about maybe 4 p.m. to do the C-section. So he comes back. We're in labor and delivery. Everyone's coming in, talking, talking, talking. I literally got the worst contraction to where I stopped breathing. And they're like, you gotta breathe, you gotta breathe. And she, her breathing was dipping and her heart rate was dipping because the contractions were so strong and she was so little that they were compressing her. So um, they turned to me and they were like, we need you to breathe, we need you to calm down. They put me on oxygen, they're trying to talk to me. I hear the nurse go to her father and say, Hand him a bag, put these on now. We're going down to the operating room. I said, we're doing what? And he, even he, he was like, like right now? And she goes, dad, focus, put them on. We need to leave in 15 minutes. And I was like, you to do what? <laughs> I'm focusing on them, yeah. not doing anything, right? So I was like, but you told me I had it till this afternoon. What are you talking about? Right? It's timelines. Never, never listen to timelines. So they're like, don't worry, everything's fine. We just rather get you down there. They don't don't want to freak me out. Yeah. Though. But I see the faces of everybody. Okay? So we end up going down. Um my back is messed up, so when I tell you now this was the second round of epidural because they had to do one for my ciclash my back was not having it so here i am hunched over the table i got nurse in front of me there are literally 50 people in the room 50 people we have people just my doctor team my nurse team we have the nicu team the nurses the respiratory therapists the emergency teams like when i tell you there were teams yeah i felt like the whole hospital was in that one room and they told me they said there's gonna be a lot going on behind the scenes There's gonna be a lot of talking a lot of moving they're all getting ready to be prepared for you and for her i'm like okay great here i am sitting here i got doctors behind me everybody around and i'm just like this is this is great i'm scared i'm freaking out i'm having contractions you want me to sit still (laughs) in my mental and physical state cool. The one nurse, bless her heart, holding on to me, like holding on to my arms, just telling me it's going to be okay. Don't worry. We got this. Like such a sweetheart. Honestly, don't even remember who she is because it was chaotic. Okay. Um, but I'm like, okay, great. Focus on you. As they're jamming stuff into my back, they're like, don't move. Don't jump. When they inject, (laughs) When when it's in the wrong spot and they inject, you get shooting pain yep. down your legs to where you literally your body convulses and they're telling you don't jump because there's a needle in your spine. Well, bitch, guess what? I can't help it when you're electrifying my body. Right. Hey. Okay? So that went on for like 25 minutes. Really minutes. Okay. And they're like, don't worry, we're almost. There. And I'm just like, I don't. I'm gonna make it and I'm like you guys just maybe you should just knock me the fuck out like is that an option and the nurse looked at me and she goes do you feel like you're gonna pass out and I was like yeah I'm not feeling so hot apparently I went gray so they got some swab putting it in my face gave me oxygen they're like give her a break hold on I was literally about to pass out yeah they ended up getting it in the whole process of the C-section, even in a normal situation, I feel like would be very traumatic for anyone. It There's is. a lot going on. Yep. There's a, you've had one. So I've had one. two. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. Yep. There's a lot going on. There's so much noise, so many smells, so many like sounds and sights. And then you can't see yep. a lot of things, but you're hearing things. Yep. And according to her father, um, he said it sounds like they're working on a car and I was like nah, I just feel like a fucking truck like <laughs> I feel like a slab of meat yep. you know and they're calling out what they're doing and what they're cutting through and I'm just like oh my dear god this is they're gutting me yep. like a fish on this table okay so they, they get her out and they're doing their assessments and they're throwing all these numbers out and I, I don't understand these assessment numbers I don't Um, Apparently they were pretty good Then they started declining So they put in a breathing tube Meanwhile I'm hearing all of this Uh, They call him over there to go see her He was able to take a picture of her Um, And she had her eyes open Which they were shocked That her eyes were open Because apparently it's that early their They shouldn't have been yeah Yeah. Um, But she was looking right at them Like what y'all doing Well
1: it sounds like her
0: (laughs) Yeah (laughs) And now that you know her, yeah. <laughs> you will understand Accurate. the fighting ass of that child. Yeah, literally looking at them like, What are you touching me? What are you putting me in this little bag for? Just get off me. Like, could swear that she was probably cussing them out in her head. Yep. Um, so they whale her off. They forget to take my cyclage out. Everyone's like leaving, right? They're stitching me up and they're like, Oh shit, we gotta take the cyclage out. Called the doctors back in to come cut the stitches off my cervix because if they were to pop yeah. I would literally lose my cervix and my uterus I probably would have bled out uh, very dangerous by the way yeah it is um, so I know you recall that first night I was sick I ended up getting a fever it was like 105 apparently because I held her in so long and her pooping and um the stress and all my membranes were exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot. So me and Sky ended up having uh, sepsis and had really bad infections in our blood. Um, and there was literally one point in time where I was like, "Am i going to die because, you know, once I would warm up, I would just start shaking. And it was so bad. But five hours after her birth, The NICU doctors come in, and I, when I tell you that was the first and the last time that I ever saw that NICU doctor, it was. Because I was ready to ream her a new asshole. And thankfully, I never saw her again. Doctors rotate out every so often. Nurses stay. Thank God they stay. But the doctors came in. There was two of them. And uh, asked me if I had been up to the NICU yet to see her, and I was like, No, I haven't. But he he did. He went up. Um, but I still was in a lot of pain. I couldn't move. Um, it was bad. So they were like, Well, um, you should make your way up there to see her. And if you have any family or friends that you want to meet her, you should call them in because we we don't think she's gonna make it. She called them in to say goodbye. Now, when I hear this, right, my first thing is I'm picturing my, my baby, my brand new little baby laying in a bed by herself, nobody giving a fuck, nobody caring. That is not at all what was happening. Right. They were working night and day yeah. 24 seven to make sure she was okay. Yeah. But when you say that, I'm like, you gave up on her. You gave up on her. Here she is by herself. Right. That's all I'm picturing. Uh, the bedside manners for some of these doctors are fucking horrendous. Horrendous. Like, really? That's, that's what you're going to come to? I can understand you having to tell the truth and be, you know, right. very open and no tact. Um, but you've got to have some kind of...
1: There's got to be something. Yeah. There's got to be something. Like,
0: I mean, here I am, a first-time mom... Just had a a micro preemie, and I know the possibility of her surviving at this point is extremely slim. But we're hoping for the best. You know, you could at least say she's very sick. We're doing everything we can, right? But we're worried. Yeah. Because all I'm hearing is, "Ah, she ain't gonna make it. Come say goodbye." The fuck. So I turned to my nurse. I was like load me up with however many pain meds you can to where I'm not gonna feel anything, but I'm not gonna pass out." Literally what I said, put me in a wheelchair and get me up there. Uh, My first time seeing her, I just started crying. I lost my shit Um, because I did not, I saw her very briefly uh, when she was in the incubator being wheeled up to the NICU because they had to really rush. Um, understandably so she was extremely sick so seeing her there and how tiny she was I was like good lord how is she going to make it right um, and literally that's the only thing going through my mind was like what the fuck what now you know and after that first day my whole mind set, it changed and I was like no she's fighting I'm fighting For as long as she's fighting, I'm going to continue to be strong and I'm going to fight. I'm going to speak nothing but positivity. I will not be negative. There was not one day that I went to that NICU that I was crying or upset from the jump. If something happened, you know, there were a few times where her heart stopped um, and her breathing dipped really, really low, setting off all the alarms. Um, She had to be bagged a couple of times. Um, Thankfully, she never fully coded, uh, but it was pretty rough a couple of times to Mm -hmm. where we thought she was going to um to where her heart rate literally went to zero and her breathing dropped down to like three it was scary as fuck um and at those times I definitely did cry and every time I would hear the alarm go off I'm like oh my god is she okay especially if I'm behind the curtain pumping Okay, because here I am trying to pump to produce milk for this child that came too early, um, which is traumatic in itself, but um, it was it was rough. The nurses there, honestly, are the ones that helped me the most. And when I tell you that NICU nurses are some of the most amazing human beings, even the respiratory therapists, uh, shout outs to them. I am so very close to a lot of nurses and respiratory therapists that... Took scare, care of Sky, and they are family for life. They're stuck with us. Um, I tried to get them to take Sky back a couple of times. <laughs>
1: they were like nothing. They don't want it.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> they knew from the beginning. Um, everyone was saying she was very sassy and feisty uh, from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, she liked what she liked, and she didn't like what she didn't like. And her nurses knew her very well. Her nurses knew when she needed a blood transfusion by the way she was acting, with her stats. Um, they knew when to touch her, when not to touch her. She was very picky on particular times of day. Um, very cranky at certain times of the day. And they just knew, hey, let's hold off on some care times right now. Sky feeling it. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing that they could sense that from her. Um, it was great. So I was very blessed to have an amazing NICU team. Um, I will say that because they not only took care of her but they took care of me. Um, one of her nurses, Karen, rest, God love her soul. She's (laughs) the resilience of this woman, (laughs) (laughs) she's very sassy, and I think that's why I loved her so much. Um, and still love her, but um, she would yell at me literally, she'd be like don't you want to go eat lunch like now, mom? (laughs) Who are you talking to? Karen! And she's like, goodbye. (laughs) She would be quick to kick me out. And um, it became very apparent that it was because she knew I needed a break. I was in there from seven in the morning to seven at night, sometimes later, Mm -hmm. uh, working from her bedside every single day. I missed one day. And that's because I was in so much pain from the C-section. Um, and I think it was like the day after I had left the hospital. So I was like, no, I'm there every day, every single day. And I'm calling every single night because I could not go to sleep without knowing what was happening, even though I just left a few hours ago.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'd
0: be surprised. <laughs> you, you'd you be surprised. There were some parents who barely showed up, oh, um, call. and I just, I, I didn't understand, you know? No um and whenever i would get one of her night nurses that i absolutely adored um i knew it was going to be an okay night you know um i would always say whenever karen uh Kara, kirby or emily were on i knew i was fine and i knew one of them would call me immediately if not yeah uh those were the days that were the easiest for me to go home. I did spend a couple of nights at the NICU. Um, but it is very important. Let me just say, it's very important to go home and to rest in your own bed, Yes. Uh, as difficult as it is to leave your child, uh, but also make sure you're eating because you are no good. You can't produce milk. You can't be cognitive and understand yep. and ask questions. and just be there and be supportive of your baby uh, if you're not well.
1: So. I have to take care gosh. of myself first.
0: Yeah. Have Shout to. out to the nurses and all my friends and family who made sure I was good. Um, a lot of people would ask me like, oh, well, you know, what can we do? And I'm like, bring over food to the house. Like when you know I'm home, offer to come sit with me for the day because you know I'm going to be here every day. <laughs> <laughs> like just check up on me ask me how I'm doing um, don't ask me how she's doing because her days fluctuate right and any big updates I was letting people know yeah but it got very difficult for me to update everyone individually and to update all the time everything that was going on any big changes I let people know um, so be aware of that it it's very difficult and it's a roller coaster ride and things You've are got a
1: lot going on. Like it's yeah. it's hard. 100%. A group chat is is a good way to do it for the people that you want yeah. on the in um or having a designated person um yeah. to give updates that works too.
0: Everyone's journey is different. I have a lot of close friends um who are fellow moms at the NICU um watching their babies grow have been truly amazing Um, we bounce things off of each other all the time we all struggle with different things um you know it's it was very real that sky could come out with development issues Um, they told me that she was never going to talk that she was never going to walk um they told me that her chance of survival was 12 percent to make it home and here she is, four years old with a bigger vocabulary than any four year olds I know. Um, and she's amazing. She's running around. Uh, people look at her, even her doctors are like, I micro preemie wear. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> the girl was in six T clothes at four years old. Like, well, it's not six T anymore. It's size five, six. Like she's four and she's wearing five, six clothes like she's a beast. You know, she's just two feet shorter than me. She's <laughs> <laughs> shut up, I know I'm fun size. But uh, it just goes to say that not everyone's journey is the same. And, you know, there was babies that were born the same gestational age of her that didn't have as good of an outcome as her. Um, I watched mothers lose their babies daily. Um, I watched babies coding with their families not there and it was hard as a mom to think of what if that was my baby and no i'm not there and no mom is there you know um it's very difficult um and there was one time where one of the the kids had um choked on her milk that's is further along when we're Learning to feed because it's growing feed at that point after the breathing is all good, Um, and it was bad. It was it was coming out of her nose. Uh, Mm. The nurse was panicking. I had to help um, because she had to get a bag to really like to bag her. Um, It was bad, and her mom wasn't there. And when she came in, she had thanked me for being there, like as a mom, um, to give motherly love. To her child uh, because I held I, I did hold her I was like this is my baby like
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, not to
0: thunder. I'm not letting her go uh, so it was you bonded on so many levels and you know being supportive to other people and a lot of the moms would always say like your smile and your positivity um, and your openness like helped me get through and I was like oh you have no idea you helped me get through like so you bonded in so mm-hmm. many ways and you helped each other more than you really knew. Yep. Um, I was still very early on in our NICU journey. Um, this guy was still very small and a mom had came in and had triplets. And she was beside herself. You know, all three of her babies were born. I think it was 26 weeks and they were super small. Um, I just remember seeing her face and she was scared and she was standing outside of my door and I invited her into the room so she could see sky and see how she was doing. And, you know, we've been there a little bit longer and, you know, give her that comfort that it does get better. Yeah. Um, And it was just something that I I was just like, come in, come here, like you know, (laughs) Um, and we, we bonded a lot. Um, I'm still good friends with her and her three boys are amazing. Um, But it's just not everybody has that great of an outcome. And I think having the understanding of what I went through and seeing the worst case scenarios um, and knowing, you know, the best case scenario that happened for me um, has given me a a different look on life and um, understanding for parents. And... I tell people this all the time. Now, Sky was in the NICU for 130 days. I tell people all the time, it doesn't matter how long your NICU stay is, even if it's a day, it's traumatic as fuck. One day in the That's NICU is long yeah.
1: enough. It's absolutely long enough, yeah.
0: Okay. I don't care. I don't... And a lot of people are like, oh my God, you were in there for so long. I feel crazy for complaining about three days. And I was like, absolutely not. That was traumatic. Having a baby in the NICU is fucking traumatic i don't care you know what's going on even if they're just there for a quick assessment right it's traumatic okay um so yeah it it was bad i went through a lot i went through a lot of good times um like i said her nurses kept me positive um and i think that honestly that was the reason why i was able to go in there with a positive outlook all the time and also just seeing guys strengths because that little girl gave me strength. I'm like, well, she over here busting ass, (laughs) growing, doing what she got to do. You know, she she was a fighter. Um, And we definitely had our setbacks, you know, but she's amazing now. Um, But that's a a situation that I'll never forget. And like I said, I mean, you can't fully prepare someone for what I went through But just understanding that that type of stuff happens and that it is very traumatic and it is very real. And there are things that even if you go in there and your baby is, you know, semi-okay and they're just there for monitoring or um, because they're a little bit small and need to grow a little bit, but they're breathing fine, it's still traumatic. One, because you're submerged into the oh, my God, my child is in the hospital. That's traumatic. I don't care what the situation is. Um, but two, the things that you see being in the NICU, even if it is not directly related to you,
1: right.
0: is affecting you. Absolutely. In so many ways. You know, I went home so many nights and cried for other people. Not my situation, because Sky had a great day. I was crying for them. And you almost felt a little bit guilty for having such a great day when you saw everything else around you. So hard. It was hard. It was hard to to balance the rejoicing that your kid is doing great that day when you see all of the other stuff unfolding around you. It was so hard. Um, But it was also good to talk about the good things because that helped other and help them through their dark days, saying, okay, there are better days.
1: Yeah.
0: So you had to find the balance. You really did. Um. So a few things to show you, now that we've talked about this whole traumatic experience and you guys are probably like, oh my God, what the hell? Um, there's a lot more details I've just left out, but I feel like I've rambled on about it long enough. So <laughs> you get the idea, right? So. This is Sky's first diaper. First of all, can we just talk about first of all? It's super adorable. Woo, bright light. Hey. Okay, there it is. This is her first diaper. This was too big for her.
1: Yes, it was. So
0: we had to literally, literally. Guys, I'm not even exaggerating. I have photos of me videos. I'm not going to show you because it's not endearing of my poor child and her privacies. Um, But we had to fold her diaper down in half to be this little, and that was still swimming on her little body, yaddy, yaddy.
1: It was. Uh,
0: I know, right? (laughs) To give you an idea, this is a normal newborn diaper. This is Skye's. Okay. Crazy, right? Insane. little her little tush tush was in this diaper and when i tell you it was super big on her she somehow weaseled her way out and when dad came in and found her whole leg hanging out the top of the diaper, (laughs) and i was like what are you doing with your little chicken thighs like put them little chicken thighs she had little quail legs i'm not gonna lie i did i did say she looked like a little quail because she had a little a big old belly bump um she did look like a quail,
1: so this was a little diaper. Um, oh. And for this- the audio, the diaper is literally smaller than her hand.
0: Oh no, but yeah. it, you're good. You're good. We'll post pictures, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, hey, look at this! Look at this! And they're like, "What? I can't see it." Ah. Um. <laughs> You guys can actually look online too, if you wanted to. I think this is called, let me see what it has. P2 is what it's called, which is a preemie number two. Um, that was the smallest type that they had in the NICU. And like I said, we had to fold it in half uh, because it was way too big for her. Uh, typical, normal newborns go into uh, either a size two or a size three. Yeah. Um, she was not in a size three, even. I think she was in a size two when she left the hospital. Uh, mind you, she was four months old, technically, when she left the hospital. Right. Um, but she was still about six pounds and a couple of ounces. Um, she was a newborn, newborn yeah. size. Uh, she was just wearing newborn clothes at four months old. So the fact that she is now four and wearing five, six is insane at how much she has caught up. Uh, So this little guy is an octopus. They call it an octopus. It looks more like a squid to me. Um, But they're snuggle buddies and little grannies, and I could picture you making these (laughs) stuff, they knit them. So we've got these little squiggle things, which um, mimic umbilical cords, which babies, even in the womb, love to grab onto the umbilical cords. Um, so the little babies in the NICU would always grab onto these and it was very comforting. Um, they would have us like put them under our shirts to get our smell for the babies. Um, but this was the size of Sky. There's literally a photo of her where this is laying beside her and this top part of this octopus squid was bigger than her head, uh, but the length of it was her body. Yeah. She was laying in there. So, this is the size of my hand, guys. And I have very tiny hands, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm well aware. We all know T-Rex arms. But, uh, yeah. That was the size of her. So, now to see her. She loves playing with this, by the way. And it's her little squiddy. Um, and to see the photo of her with it versus now and it fitting in her hand is, like, insane.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, I bought some little clothes. <laughs> I'm going to share photos, but I honestly don't remember which outfits I have. I tried to pick out outfits that I think I have photos for to try to match it up. Um, But mind you, she didn't wear clothes for like the first five weeks of her life. Um, The reason being is because they try to mimic uh, the womb and have humidity. So she wasn't able to have clothes on, plus her skin was very fragile. So they didn't want to move around and put her in clothes. Yeah. Um, but this was one of her first little outfits. You see, size.
1: You froze my on my
0: head. Um, <laughs> I think she wore this when she was like two or three months old. I don't remember. But yeah. Show it one more time. You froze. So show it
1: one more time. You froze. Show it one more time. Oh.
0: You froze. This is her little.
1: So cute.
0: I absolutely love this. It's. Little floral thing. Um, <laughs> it's such a big head with this little. <laughs> uh, but this is a preemie outfit, and it was still swimming on her even when she was like two, three months old. Um, it was very big on her. And to be honest, um, there were some outfits donated to the NICU from, um, what's it called? Uh, bear workshop is that what it's called where you can go make the teddy bears
1: oh oh, yeah yeah build a bear right build a bear yeah
0: they will bring in outfits from build a bear because they fit the preemies um, a lot of halloween costumes will build a bear costumes that's cute cute insane absolutely insane um so oh is it me or you that's freezing
1: uh, you keep freezing for me, so I don't know.
0: Yeah. You keep freezing for me, but I'm not freezing, which is weird. Yeah. Apparently, I... it doesn't like us right now. But that's all right. <laughs> Jerks. Can you see me now? Yeah. Ah, uh-huh. um, This was another one winter health. It's, guys, it's literally the size of my head. It was huge on her for the longest time. But finding anything that would fit Sky um, was very challenging you know Um, for instance I took her home in this outfit (laughs) because it was freezing cold it was November Um, but this is a newborn outfit and this just fit her at four months old so yeah this is her hat that her auntie Laurie made her um, which fit her I think she was around three months old little ears on it super cute um, just, just to say if you are a knitter I'm just going to put this out there <laughs> um, think about making uh, hats and um, these little octopus squid things um, for your local NICU because they are in need of hats for sure uh, babies that are born really early uh, the hats in the hospital don't fit and they literally cut them and tie them off Um, to try to fit them, but these hats of all different sizes and when I tell you they're smaller hats, than this one that I have, her first hat was probably about this big. Literally half of that. Um, And it really, it it helps. It helps um, all the babies. So just, you know, just the thought if you want, trying to figure out how you can support these babies in the NICU. Um, Also snacks, drinks donated uh, to the NICU centers are amazing. I am going to do that again. I did do that one year where I um, brought in a bunch of snacks um, for the break room for the parents because half the time we go without eating or snacking and being able to run in there and grab something. Um, And a lot of past NICU families and just people in general um, donate a lot to the families there, which are amazing. So there's that. Um, like I said, my, my journey was very different, um, but similar in different ways. And you're never gonna be fully prepared. What I will say is support the people who are there by not being invasive, constantly asking questions about the baby, um, about you know what different things are it would irk my soul because it took a lot. It took a lot of energy mentally, physically for mm-hmm. me to be able to text people. And then when they're like, well, what does that mean? What, what's happening next? And I'm like, I understand. I understand that you are concerned, that you want to know, but for the love of fucking God, there is one. Google it. Right. Don't ask me. Cause I'm over here trying to figure it out and learn. I'm also dealing with everything. Just Google it. Phone a friend. I'm trying to
1: think. Was I one of those ones?
0: No, you weren't.
1: Okay. <laughs> you were not. Um, I'm like, I could have been. But I know that I, I, I Googled a you, lot. so
0: <laughs> you, did ask, you did ask a couple of questions for minor details that I did leave out. Um, and I get that. And it, like I said, it's very difficult to reiterate everything that the doctor said. Yeah, of course. I kept journals. Um, I've recorded... Conversations. Um, her nurse Emily literally wrote down stats every day, so we could go back and look at stuff. Um, she had a log about my child, which was amazing. Um, but just don't don't bombard them with questions that you can go find the answers for even though you're like well it's quicker to just ask you it's not it's it's a lot harder for that parent it's it's a lot um it's very traumatizing you know even on a good day if i text and i say she's having a great day today okay that's great so when do you think she'll be home (laughs) oh my god don't ask me, because tomorrow could be a very bad day. Right. But, <laughs> it's still so early. Like... I'm telling you, like some of the questions that I got, I was very puzzled.
1: Conf- I,
0: I, I was just like, how are you, how are you asking me this? Um, and I'm sure it was coming from a very great place at a very genuine place. But you've really got to dig deep and be extra mindful. Um, in that situation. So that's all I'm going to say, um, hitting gloves, you know, just offer to be there, but don't be intrusive because, you know, there were many nights where I got home and I didn't want to deal with anyone. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want anyone to be there, you know, offer to drop off food, right. um, offer to order food and have it delivered. Don't be intrusive and say, hey, I'm going to come over tonight because by the time I'm home, the last thing I want to do is replay everything going on and have to sit there and talk about it. It's very traumatic and I'm in trauma mode still. Like having to sit there and talk about it when I just left the entire day of hearing all the alarms and the beeps and the buzzes and trying to figure out what's happening with my child. and you know, watching her get IVs stuck in her head and, you know, spinal taps. And you have no idea what someone goes through in a day-to-day because I surely didn't tell everyone every single day, everything that happened. Like I said, I ended up just doing the big things. Um, But don't don't further traumatize by having them relive and rehash. If they want to talk about it, we'll talk about it. I'm telling you right now. Uh, There were days where I was like, oh my god, I'm just freaking the fuck out and this and that's when I would unload on people But the constant questions I ignored a lot and it's not because I was Being mean or didn't want to answer you but respectfully I I
1: couldn't You couldn't
0: you know so if you are a family member or a very close friend and um, You're trying to figure it out. Go there Go spend a day go in the morning with your friend every morning they do rounds they explain everything and you can ask questions if the parent says yes they can ask whatever they want to know what's going on then they'll they'll talk to you about it um you can be included in that uh you can be included in family meetings if you know you're a family member and want to know more and because it it's a lot so not only are you navigating this world of hey I just had a newborn hey my newborn's very sick hey I, I don't know what the fuck is going on right but now you're also becoming a fucking NICU nurse at the same time because you're being thrown into all this medical terminology right. that you don't fucking know all these medical issues that you know nothing about and when I tell you that I left there knowing like I could have probably went and got my pastor pain, like, exams yeah <laughs> like, you know what I mean like and I'm not saying that, you know. I'm of course than not. Nurses I. Please.
1: Nurses are nurses, amazing. Blah, blah. We love okay. all of our nurses.
0: <laughs> I could never do what you do. Nurses
1: are the best. Uh, but just
0: everything that I learned and that when I tell you these nurses were teaching me, like whenever something would happen, I I tell you all the time, Karen for number 1, she would be like, "Okay, so what they're saying is blah blah blah. Don't listen to that. Here's what's really going on." I don't care what they said. Here's what I know. And she would literally just pick apart. And this lovely woman, crazy woman, went on vacation and was calling in to check on Sky. And giving her advice on what she knows about Sky. Oh, she's acting like this. Oh, well, maybe check this. And I'm like, love you to death. Because (laughs) that made me feel... Like Sky wasn't just another kid right. in the bed; that was her baby, right? You know, and just those caring moments. Um, there were times I've caught it on camera where Emily would just sit there and hold Sky and talk to her. Sky was having a hard time when she switched over to the CPAP mask thing, yeah. Um, and she was having a really hard time, and she had Sky propped up, and she's talking. And she's like gonna look at me you're gonna talk to me and she's like you're okay you're all right and she's just talking to her and like uh, everything i'm just like in the way sky would look at her i'm like this the bond that they had and that's something else that i I, I want people to understand too if you have a child who's sick and is in the nikki for a very long time whatever you do keep in touch with these nurses that have bonded with your child because i could never rip sky away from them yeah you know and i i don't talk to them as much as i want to and um, you know life gets hectic and crazy but i still have them on social media i still send them updates and i reach out every so often and they can reach out too you know they're a part of her life and they had a special bond with her and mm-hmm. i know that they love to see how amazing she's doing You know and and that's something to to keep in mind because me as a mom i formed bonds with them as well like they became friends and family to me i talked to them i saw them every day every day you know i talked to them more than i talked to my real friends and family they became extended family um so just keep that in mind like the nikki journey never ends fully because you're still connected to a lot of people um which is amazing you know so shout outs to all the NICU nurses and respiratory therapists um, because honestly there there was one doctor who I loved and um, the doctors rotate in the NICU which is very annoying Um, I honestly feel like it was like every week but it was like two weeks or or every 30 days or something that they would rotate out But i saw so many doctors come and go and it's like then you're starting over from scratch you know and you have these nurses who are on the front line fighting for your kid like no we tried that no absolutely not this is where we were going where we left off with this doctor no we're not doing that again no like they were literally going to war And it's because, you know, every doctor likes to do things differently. Every doctor thinks they know better. But those doctors were not in the room with your child. They might have seen my child for 30 seconds one fucking day and feel like they know her entire life story. Absolutely not. They're
1: in there day in, day out, hour after hour.
0: Like Nurses and respiratory therapists are in there hands on for hours. They have 12-hour shifts. They are in there on the front line with your child. Like... Those are the ones I trusted. I didn't give a fuck about what no doctor had to say. Right. I could care less. I looked right at the nurses like, what? I trusted them over anything. So shout outs to all the nurses. (laughs) (laughs) And respiratory therapists because y'all, for real, are special and hold it down. I don't care what the chain of command is.
1: They're the ones. They are the ones.
0: For sure. I wouldn't have made it. I know for damn sure my child wouldn't have made it if it wasn't for her team that she had uh, that literally spent hours with her when she was having breathing issues in the middle of the night, her respiratory therapists were literally at her bedside for hours, getting her through some of her darkest nights, um, including her nurses. So, shout outs to them, okay? Um, with that said, if you know a NICU nurse, love on them. Okay. <laughs> they need it. Um, you know, I, I think the misconception is, oh, well, you get to play with babies all day. No, these nurses hardly get to hold these babies because they're so sick. Um, and the little bit of cuddle time that they do get in, um, is so rewarding. And I didn't realize that until closer to the end of my yeah. stay. Um, and I wish I had would have realized it, but I was in the mindset of all the cuddles are, are mine. This is my child and she's sick and I need her. And, you know, skin to skin. Um, but I saw the impact that it had on her nurses to hold her as well. Um, and there was one day I was taking off early or something and <laughs> Karen looked at me and she goes, you're leaving, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm leaving. I told you I was doing a half day. She goes who's gonna take care of the baby (laughs) i was like you you nut and she goes oh i get to hold her and feed her bye (laughs) because i was always there and i was always hands-on and it was so hilarious to see the excitement because she was genuinely excited that she gets to hold her baby like get out mom you're taking all my time (laughs) You know, because they've seen you go through the sickness, and now they want to rejoice, and, you know, you're doing mm-hmm. so much better. They want to hold you when you're happy and doing great, too, you know. Um, and one of her nurses, Emily, was a traveling nurse, and she would leave, and she ended up coming back to visit. And I'm like, here, hold her, take her. It's just the gazing at each other again. I'm just like, oh, it just reminds me of when she was little and you were holding her uh, So these, like I said, these nurses, it's not all fun and games. It's not all cuddling all the cute little babies. Um, They go through a lot, too, and they get attached, and they get hurt, and it's a lot for them. And, yeah, they do it day to day, and, yeah, you know, they they become accustomed to a lot of things, but they form bonds, and it's it's difficult for them, you know? That's all I'm going to say on that. (laughs) Love bottom. Um, If you have any questions... In regards to Nikki stuff that I didn't go over, or you thought maybe uh, you wanted me to touch on, or questions you want to ask me, I'm very open about it. I made it through without crying. You Um, did. Yay! (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, I think it's gotten a lot easier, Um, but Nikki PTSD is still a very real thing. Whenever Sky gets sick, I still freak out no matter what Um, because it was extremely traumatizing and i always think the worst like oh my god she's coughing oh she has a fever oh like it's going to get bad Uh, but i've been very blessed in the fact that she's done amazing and the colds that she has she's kicked ass and it hasn't brought her to ever have to be hospitalized again um, which i know a lot of babies have been re-hospitalized after the NICU which in itself is even more traumatizing so keep that in mind Um, but again, don't be intrusive, be supportive, be a listening ear. Um, is there anything that you can say, like, that you noticed while I was going through my journey, like, from your side of, like, watching me go through my journey that affected you or that you wish, like, maybe was different or?
1: No, I tried to give you the space that I knew you needed. Um, to be with her I, I, would, I didn't want to push you too hard I didn't want to like the germs thing for me was like I, I had two kids in school like I was like I want to be there every day but I don't wa- like if I am one to give th- this kid anything or you anything because you're always with her I'm like I can't so I, I feel like I feel like I uh, wasn't really there for you in a way like no, I, I, don't
0: you were, though. <laughs> I don't know I,
1: I don't like know I feel like I could have been there more
0: <laughs> physically
1: yeah I, I mean I, I guess I, I don't know I, I don't know
0: um, yeah let's get that out out the way um, being there for someone doesn't mean you have to be there physically Um, And I, like I said, I...
1: I literally just wanted to hold you and her the whole time. Like, that's all... Like, that's literally all I wanted. (laughs) I I was like, I just need to hold them.
0: (laughs) I know. And it's hard, right? Yeah. But the thing is, um, the reality of it is, is I respected. I was never upset um, that you weren't there. I was never like, why isn't the bitch coming? She's only been here, da-da-da. Like... Um, it never crossed my mind because I fully respected and loved and uh, appreciated that you were concerned about giving germs. And I got that because I was afraid of that myself, yeah. no matter who was coming. right? You know, um, Tasha came to visit. Um, Jere's mother came to visit. And I was always scared of, you know, germs. But I will say, you know, the hospital is great and they're... No one could really hold her. Yeah. Uh, especially when she was that little. And it wasn't because, you know, they just didn't want people holding her. But it was more so because she was so small and fragile. Right. And moving her was a lot for her. Um, so whenever they would move her, I would have to go pee. I, they'd be like, be prepared to sit for hours. Because once they move her and put her on me, she had to rest and recoup from right. that like it was a lot for her um, so it was a strictly mom and dad only type of situation yeah. for a holding. Um, so you know I wasn't too worried about that but you know people want to put their hands in and they want to touch I'd be like washing hands and hands skinny and one hand in don't touch the face <laughs> like you know um,
1: I don't even think it- I put my hand in I don't think I don't think I yeah no I <laughs> I just touched the glass <laughs> Or the plexi, whatever. I don't...
0: When you first saw her, you saw her before me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And she was so small and fragile at that point. Um, So, yeah. I I was afraid to touch her, but I was like, if this is the only time I'm going to be able to touch her, I'm touching my kid. And I literally just put my finger on her knee and just held it there. You couldn't rub. You couldn't do anything. Um, And it was very sticky. Like, when I pulled my finger away, I was like, oh, my God, what a ripper. Like, it it was that, that bad, you know? So, um, I think even if you absolutely wanted to, you wouldn't have been able to mentally.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Um, So, yeah. But don't don't feel like you let me down in any kind of way. Like I said, I really appreciated the fact that you held off because you were afraid of getting her sick or getting me sick because that was the last thing we needed you know because if i was i needed
1: you there like so right
0: so you know that goes to show like um i didn't know that you felt like you weren't there enough um and again it goes to show that like even you know parents don't realize what their friends and family members are going through and it's good to always have that discussion when you can whether it be four years later you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> might be difficult in, in the beginning but yeah um just be mindful everyone is going through something um, but you truly have no idea what someone is going through so just be there when you can like I said you know drop off food go sit with them if you can uh COVID makes it a lot harder but um care packs you know sure. like granola bars protein bars water bottles like things like that like the NICU was really good at a lot of people donate um the march of dimes does a lot of things uh peapods does a lot of things um where they send in little care packs for moms like toothbrushes and stuff like that uh, journals are a huge thing if you know someone in the NICU, get them a journal immediately um water reusable water bottles things like that like day-to-day things that you don't think about that that can help them you know a little bag to carry everything around in like stuff like that um but yeah if you have any questions or any ideas or you know like i said anything you want to discuss or go through or you yourself have been through something you want to talk about it i'm here um hit me up and on that note This will conclude our NICU talk. Um, I know it was rather rough for some people. Um, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, cool. I can tell her story because my outcome was amazing. I think if her outcome was a little bit less amazing, it would still be a lot difficult to talk about the traumatizing events leading up to her birth. Um, because they were extremely traumatizing and they still haunt me and I'm absolutely afraid of having another kid because I don't want to have to go through that again and I don't want to put anyone else through that again Um, because, like I said, my outcome, it was a blessing and I don't know what my outcome would be. Um, You know, there are a lot of things that can go wrong um, and will go wrong, so... I was very blessed to have Sky uh, as amazing and perfect as she is. So with that said, we'll post pictures of her uh, from the NICU, so if that's something you're interested in looking at to kind of wrap in the whole story, please do so. Um, share in the fact that she is a true miracle, but uh, if you cannot, if it's too hard to see a baby, in a medical facility with breathing assistance. Please don't look at it um, because I don't want to upset anybody. Well, We'll post a couple of links, uh, especially for the March of Dimes because they are huge um, in premature birth and healthy births um, and women health overall. Um, Shout out to March of Dimes. They do a walk every year, which we are, are involved in and will continue to be involved in. Hopefully, Sky will allow us to walk the whole thing next year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if not, I'll probably just bring a stroller. I don't care. Five-year-olds in a stroller. Go fuck yourself if you got a problem. Uh, carrying a 45-pound child around on your shoulders is not no. conducive to a healthy life. So, with that being said, um, I love you guys. And until next time, love yourself. Love on somebody else. Uh, love on a NICU nurse or RT, please, because they need it. Uh, and just remember, it's all a bunch of BS. Bye. Bye.